Welcome to the Forward 40 Podcast, where we highlight the experiences of 40 women of color on the rise in the nonprofit and social enterprise sectors. This is an ode to our foremothers, a healing circle of our unique experiences, and a bridge of insight and wisdom across generations. everyone to another episode of Forward 40. Very excited to have this beam of light literally uh, in the guest chair today and Johnny Garadia who is the founder of RAF which is Resilience for Advocates through foundational training. She's a philanthropist and advocate for women's health and empowerment. Um, also an advocate for girls and women around uh, issues related to trauma, abuse, domestic violence, um, and child abuse. So thank you so much, Indrani, for being our guest today. Faith, thank you so much for finding me (laughs) and inviting me. And our listeners don't know that we had quite a journey to connect today, but neither of us gave up. No, not at all. (laughs) <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. Um, it is it is true indeed uh, that you are a beacon of light. Um, that that is what drew me to you. I was like, oh my goodness, I need to know this woman. I need to connect with this woman. Um, and you have such a a very powerful story of like how you arrived at this point to you know be a global advocate to be a leader in this space and when we spoke you said that you know you didn't know that you were gonna arrive at this point today uh as as a lot of us don't know uh you know like when we are experiencing things in our lives what the uh what the pathway is going to be or what's going to come out of adversity so um if you were to like think back to some of those key milestones that got you to this point in your work what would they be? Faith, the, 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 the most important milestone that got me to this place would be that time in uh, 1985, January of 1985, when my infant was crying and, and nothing I could do could soothe the baby and it was 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I made the decision to not hit my baby. Hmm. And that was the single most important decision I have ever made in my entire life. Hmm. Because based on that one decision, I had to continue to choose nonviolence for the rest of his childhood until he left home, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. So I never gave myself permission to to hit, to use anything, my hand, a, 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 a spoon, a whatever, right? Uh, sometimes we hear all kinds of people using things. And in, in, in my childhood, lots of instruments were used on me. Mm-hmm. I have to say that 
it took me a longer time to understand that screaming and yelling were also forms of abuse. And mm. so it, it took me a longer time to, to stop that behavior. Mm. But to stop the behavior of hitting, I never even started. And if you want one decision, that's it, my friend. That mm. is it. Wow. 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 I mean, that, that calls and required a lot of self-restraint um, that many people don't have um, and composure. Uh, so, no, yeah. I, I don't there was any composure in the moment. I think in the moment it was fear of mm. turning into a monster. Mm. And so equal parts fear of me. I was afraid of me. Mm -hmm. And my love for this little tiny creature was so huge mm. Mm. that I couldn't imagine if I said I loved this this little creature so much, mm -hmm. then, then why would I want to hurt it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And your direct experience. Um, so you just for the audience, you grew up where in Drani? I grew up in the West Indies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we were not, um, we had a home. I always had food on my table. My parents always had jobs, work. We had, we had good schools. But I grew up with a lot of abuse, a lot of physical and emotional and verbal abuse wow. from, from, the time, from the time I can remember. Wow. I, don't, I, don't have any, I don't have any big chunks of ages where I could say, aha, you know, there wasn't any. Mm. Wow. Wow. And that, you know, um, like when we spoke initially, I, I had shared with you that I was really moved. Um, you did a TED talk in Trinidad, uh, in yes. Puerto Spain. And I, you know, shared with you that I was just struck with the way that you were able to go back to the soil, <laughs> you know, of your birth and to speak about, um, abuse and what you had experienced and just like the culture of you know this don't ask don't tell and don't air out our dirty laundry and how were you able to manage being an advocate in a in a culture where um while there are things that people want to share like abuse is still an area that um it's either hard for people to identify exactly what it is, just like you were saying, uh, the difference between like physical versus verbal. Um, and then also, if they are familiar with it, it's confident enough and comfortable enough to speak up. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't have a clear path in my mind to where I got the courage to, to begin to speak out. I know that the, the people that I, the people in my life who I was close to, I started telling them, and they didn't always believe me, mm -hmm. 
but my stories never changed. And so if somebody's stories uh, never changes, then there's a good chance it's the truth, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's the lie that keeps Exactly. (laughs) And so I think I said it enough. And and of course, um, I I was very lucky to have therapy. Mm. Uh, because I I couldn't have done this without therapy and and I and I recognize that not a lot of people have that option and I'm very grateful that I did and that's why I started the foundation work so we could try to give free tools you know to to uh, to people who want them yeah uh, so I told my story to people who were safe to hear it. Hmm. And the more I told it, the more I heard it. Mm, and yeah. then when it was time to decide, my, my, my last kid was going to go to college and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And, it, and there was this moment of, well, Indrani, you have, what, maybe 20, 25 good years left. Mm. How do you want to spend it? Well, mm. How is it going to be invested? And I wanted to invest it in helping other people to stop beating up their children and stop beating up their spouses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like I recall, and I, I don't, I haven't shared this publicly, but uh, before and until now, uh, I recall like being a child and uh, witnessing um, domestic violence in the household of a one of my mother's friends and um for anyone who has ever the tina turner (laughs) uh, (laughs) and just um that scene it was i remember when the movie came out and it being a trigger for me like oh wow i saw something like that as a child and it's something that doesn't leave you right um and it's great that you were able to access um spaces of validation and you know whether that had been in the form of uh therapy or um just sharing it with people that were willing to listen i know that it took me time to recognize what it is that i witnessed and here i am seeing this movie and it's like oh I think I actually, especially as a child, it's like, did I actually see that? <laughs> um, <laughs> and the the movie, you know, affirmed for me, like, yes, you did experience that. You you did not imagine that, um, and it made me more vigilant and hyper aware just of the dynamics of you know people in relationships. And I know that in this moment in time where. Um, People are forced, you know, because of state restrictions, um, rightfully so, um, and precautions for, you know, safety and health reasons. People are in place, right? Or, you know, are on pause. Um, and it's not safer for, for everyone. Um, what are your thoughts on... You know that, that slogan, home is safe? That yeah. always me laugh because it, it it home home is a place where you used to sleep mm-hmm. and any other thing you we put on it is very very specific mm-hmm. 
So home is, is, is a place where you grew up. Home is a place where you ate. Home is a place where things happened. But all this safety and all this, you know, these Christmas songs with I can't wait to get home. Not everyone <laughs> thinks like that. <laughs> and it always, it always upsets me. We are trying to, we try to pretend, we try to whitewash mm-hmm. the whole past. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that we cannot go home and we cannot enjoy our, the people it does mean, however, that people don't get to rewrite our memories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And nobody gets to tell us, oh, gosh, you were so sensitive. You know, you were, you were always sensitive as a girl. So, of course, you're sensitive as, a, as an older woman. Mm-hmm. Hey, dude, that wasn't sensitivity. That was pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, want, I want to ask you something. You know, you... We saw that Tina Turner thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What if you had not seen that movie? Instead, what if you had lived that experience? Mm. And then the flashback of what you had witnessed as a child came into your mind. And what if you had told yourself, well, yeah, I saw it with that person. So I guess it's normal. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Just accept it. That is a great, great point. I I do believe that the, like thinking back to that point of being a child, it was like shock and what is this? I mean, mean, it was something that I hadn't experienced in my, you know, thankfully I hadn't experienced in my direct home um, and and family. So it was like, whoa, this is new. It, it, It was foreign to me. And then to see it in film, you know, Mm. to an extent like dramatized right it kind of made me recall like wow this is like like to the point that you you made this is real like it's something that I witnessed with my own eyes and yes I'm seeing it in a movie and wow here's this here's this woman um this celebrity this singer that this is an account of something she experienced in her life whoa how many others and um Actually, when I was in, uh, I believe it was my first year of college or right before I was going to go to college, uh, I interned for the Domestic Violence Bureau of Kings County uh, in New York. And, mm-hmm. you know, I remember just sharing with you, like, the work, like, I was so passionate about it. Um, and it was also so weighty and heavy. Uh, yes. Like, each day while I would feel good that I was a part of affecting change, it was still a weighty (laughs) space, you know, to hear all of those accounts to, and I was at this time, I'm, I'm an intern, I'm, I'm doing intake and I'm going to court um, with, you know, some clients. So that, that was, that was a lot like on, on the, quote unquote justice side of things, right? So to be on the recipient end of um injustice and violence is just again, um it's it's definitely not for the faint of heart and I commend you for the work that you are doing and have been able to transform like your personal trauma uh to to really inspire others and and to be vocal about it as well you know you know faith we 
we when we think of violence, domestic violence, intimate partner violence, sex, sexual violence, we think of the victims. There are two other sets of people who are in a lot of pain. The abusers. I do not believe that people wake up in the morning and say, aha, today I'm going to be the best abuser ever known. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. But we do not teach life skills and we don't teach anger management. Mm-hmm. And we certainly don't teach people how to love peacefully. Yes. Yes. The other group that is really uh, ignored is the group of activists, like you were one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Before, we, you were probably, yes, you were an intern, yes, you were young, yes, mm-hmm. you had all the, the eagerness in the world, and you were put in these situations, and you had to fend for yourself mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. There was nobody debriefing you at the end of the day saying, now, Faith, this happened. How did you feel? What did you feel? Mm-hmm. And so wonderful people like you, they bleed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, there's just so much that a person can take. And that is why my foundation, Raft Cares, that's why we serve advocates. Mm-hmm. Our our. Uh, our role, our, our raison d'etre, the reason why we are here is to make sure that advocates know they are loved and welcomed and know that nothing is happening without them. Mm-hmm. If all the advocates decide to, to strike, what would happen? Ooh. Yeah, what would happen? Yeah. Uh, craziness. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for pointing that out Um, and validating that (laughs) Uh, because, yeah, I I would just go home. Right. And have to process (laughs) either on my own or with my mother or, you know, like it's that it's and process without any tools. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they handed you this great tool book and said, "Okay, Faith, we don't have time to process with you, but go home and do this, this and this. Mm -hmm. No. It was just go home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's like this this moment where um, there are things that are happening behind closed doors, right? And there's going to be a point where society transitions to being more out in the open. Um, what are your thoughts on what individuals and institutional entities should consider for people that are readjusting to oh boy yeah being out and being in society after yeah. the, the first thing if there are any educators listening to this call I want to encourage the educators to ask the children what they experienced perhaps there can be some writing, some creative writing around it. Perhaps there can be art. Perhaps there can be something for the kids to to lay down the burdens mm. that they had to face. Because they're still children. Yes. Even 
even the 16 and 17 and 18 year olds, Absolutely. they are tender. They like to play tough, but the tougher they are, the more love they need. Mm -hmm. And we are going to send these, these young people back into these institutions and everybody in the institution is going to expect them to show up and, and some people might say, my gosh, you just had four months of vacation, not knowing that that child was in a war zone mm. for four months, every day, 30 days a month times four mm. in a war zone. And if they misbehave, it, the school will come down on them. Nobody's going to say, what have you suffered, child? Mm. How can we help? It's it's scaring me. It's really scaring me. You know, I th thank you for adding um, just some options to think creatively of how to assess um, and to prepare for that transition back to... Um, I don't want to say normalcy because it's not, um, it's not that this right now is abnormal. It's, it's, it's different. Um, it is a shift for all of us. And once we're back into more out in the open activity, um, it's not going to be business as usual anymore. It's just, it's just not, um, and and just like you, I am concerned about what this means for children, um, younger children, older children, and then also adults uh, that were in the workforce and maybe work was their escape, right? From yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, and and not only was work escape, school was escape. Mm -hmm. School. Yes. When I was at school, I was safe, and I was a, I was a good student. I got straight A's, and if I didn't get A's, I would be beaten. Mm -hmm. So luckily, I was a good student, and luckily, I got A's. But if if my school had been canceled like this, and if I had to stay home with a parent who was already going crazy, under normal quote-unquote, normal circumstances, I cannot imagine what life would have been like. Mm -hmm. It is beyond me. Yeah. And as the older one, I took it upon myself to protect mm. the others, yeah. right? And so I would have gotten my share and their share. Mm. And you and I know that's what's going on. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Somebody's going to pay the price. You want to? Okay, come over here. And as a child, maybe you just want to protect your two-year-old mm -hmm. sister or your three-year-old sister. And so you're going to, you're just going to step into that, that place of, I don't know what I don't know what the name is, but you certainly will sacrifice yourself. Yes, and as 
like educators, whether you're teachers, administrators, um, even workplaces, you know, um, I know that there are organizations, corporations that, you know, have employee resources. Like it's, it's very, very, this is something that you should really, really consider uh, beyond just, I know that there has definitely been a lot of talk around, you know, uh, time management and just mental health. And this is, this is a, as they say, a whole nother level of, <laughs> you know, of support right. yeah. that is really, really going to be vital uh, for uh, people readjusting to life outside of their um, their homes. Sure. You know, you know what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that uh, let's say. <clears throat> there, my, I, I'll only use my own name because whatever name I use, it's somebody else's name, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say in in my home, I was I I wasn't happy, but I was putting up with stuff, mm-hmm. and I was putting up with stuff because I had a job, and the kids had school, and the partner had a job, and in this situation, I realized. Oh my gosh, I cannot do this in the next pandemic. Mm. I cannot continue to live like this. I hope if people have that awareness that they begin to make plans to create a different life. And that would mean if you're a domestic violence victim, it would mean calling the domestic violence hotline and saying, I need to make a safety plan. And safety planning is a whole other specialty because safety planning requires that people have to hide clothing and they have to hide a little bit of money and they have to maybe use a burner phone because their uh, abusers have them on GPS control. Safety planning is not Hey, let's go buy pizza. Safe, safety planning would be, okay, you want pizza? We have to find the cardboard. We have to source the thing to make the cardboard. We have to source the milk to make the cheese. We, we have, everything has to be sourced and put in place for you to get a product. And the only person to do that is you and your safety planner. Mm. And you know what else, Faith? Before this thing happened, I bet you there were safety plans in place that had to be scrapped. Yes. And so for those people who were smart enough and brave enough to start the safety plans in the first place, my plea to you is please start again. Please don't let this don't let this take away your the bravery and the courage and the drive you once felt. Please don't don't do that to yourself and your children. Thank you, Andrani. Thank you. So pivoting to your leadership and um, you're you're leading an organization. You are a woman of Caribbean descent um, in a space where that is not, (laughs) the representation is not (laughs) 
plentiful at all. <laughs> We're going to call that out. <laughs> I am a traitor. I am a traitor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, when you started, you know, this work um, and, you know, began to build it, the organization was very much tied to your name, um, yes. Indrani Light. Yes. Foundation. And then there was this shift where it became raft. And I thought that it was so um, great for everyone else to just hear like what that process was like for something that you built that was very closely tied to your name and your identity. Uh, when we spoke, you said, I didn't even know that I lost my name to begin <laughs> with, <laughs> you know, Um but it was it it is like for for those that are social entrepreneurs um, that are starting enterprises and the work is very much tied to you. Yeah. It's transformative yeah. when when something like that happens. So, Faith, the, the simple answer is yes, the work is tied to us, but we don't own the work. Hmm. So. When when I started, uh, you know, nobody knew me, and I didn't know what to call it. And I was in a group, and someone said, "How about Indrani's Light?" and mm. and I said, "That is the stupidest name I've ever heard in my whole life." <laughs> and the coach who was running the group said to her assistant, "Buy the URL." And I said, "What is a URL?" <laughs> That is how clueless I was. <laughs> and they bought the URL. And she said, we bought it. And I thought, okay. Uh, I <laughs> like, what happens now? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> what, is it a cookie? Like, what is that? <laughs> so, you know, I, I must be hungry because I'm, I'm referencing food a lot. <laughs> pizza and cookies. <laughs> okay, so... Then I, I thought, well, okay, I'm, I don't want that name. And I, I, they bought it, so big deal. And I started to think of other names. And the name Indrani's Light just kept floating back up. So I called the coach. I wonder if she'll ever hear this. Her name was Susan Falter Barnes. I said, okay, that thing you bought, how, how, do you have to ship it to me? What is it? She said, <laughs> No, we'll, we'll just transfer ownership. I don't know what she, she was talking about. But luckily, I had a nephew who was a computer wizard, and I called him, and I said, can you handle this? And he said yes. So he, you know, he got it, and he helped me build that first website. And it started there. And then we were doing work and doing work, and... I was teaching less and the team was teaching more. And then the team started to get questions like, well, what does Indrani's light mean? And mm. who is this Indrani and why isn't she ever here? Mm. So then the name became an obstacle. And I remember the team coming and saying, you know, we don't have to change it. But, but every time we, we contact someone, we spend half the time explaining the name. And these people only give us a little bit of time to begin with. So what would you like us to do? I said, well, let's change the name. Because the work was important, not the name. Mm -hmm. 
And it took us a while, and we, we landed on this wonderful name, Raft Cares, Resilience for Advocates Through Foundational Training. And it came with, with a lot of, okay, Andrani, let go. Let go, let go. And then when Raft was in the world, I realized, well, you have your name back? You, what do you want to do with your name then? So then I created IndraniGaradia.com and IndraniGaradia.com and, and I, it's my voice now, I talk to everybody else that Raft is not serving. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels like, wow, it, it, we just expanded. Yeah. So when I talk to my team and I say, hey, I have an idea for a something, a video or something, we'll discuss, is this Raft or is this Indrani? And let's make sure that we're covering as much space as possible. Mm. And it's wonderful. And I didn't expect it. It was a gift. Yes, yes. And I, I just, I love that... Um Again, the process was one that was, it was new terrain for you, uh, but then it was also like a very, you know, you had to really be self-reflective of, okay, well, what does this mean? Is, is it the name that's really important here or is it the work? And then to arrive at this point to still have that flexibility um, and that, that freedom to still be Andrani do <laughs> Andrani's work and then also do the work of, of Raft. Um, yeah. So Indrani now, me, I, I support Raft's work. It's no longer a reflection of me. Mm-hmm. I will do what is best for Raft and what is best for the team. That is just awesome and truly inspirational um, to anyone who, who feels a little conflicted um, about either venturing off um, and, you know, thinking about their own brand identity. I just I thank you for for sharing that um, that reflection for sure. And And brand, of course, is important. You know, all of our famous brands that we like, everybody's got these fancy logos and, you know, whatever. But as activists, the work has to be the brand. Mm -hmm. What kind of work are we doing? And who is going to suffer if we get in the way? Mm. That's deep. Who's going to suffer if we get in the way? Wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, Faith, let me bring it back to abuse. My children would have suffered is if my fear of change had gotten in the way. What if I had said, you know, you know what, I grew up okay, and when they, when they grow up, they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a little something. They can do the rest. Why do I have to do it all? I have to do it all because I gave birth to them. They didn't ask to be here. Mm. It's on me. Mm. Mm. taking ownership and being accountable to your own actions, yeah. You know, I remember thinking that as a kid. Uh, I didn't ask to be born. Why am I getting, why am I getting beat up so much? Mm-hmm. But uh, if I had said that out loud, oh, my God, I might have gotten dead. Mm. I wasn't allowed to say that. 
But here I am, a little kid, wondering, why am I, why am I alive? Yeah. Because this is so painful. Mm. Why is everything my fault? How do, like with with all, I mean, it's just um, that the gravity of the work um, is it cross cultures, um, it it's cross race, it's like uh, gen, it's just uh, it is unfortunately a free for all, um, and there's so much work to go around. Um, how do you maintain a sense of balance in what you are going to take on and respond to and what you're going to be gracious enough to yourself to say, this is not the battle that I'm going to fight. Thank you for asking that question. And I'm going to give you an, uh, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. So just a couple of weeks ago, somebody called and said, um, you know, there's a lot of violence happening as if I didn't know. And, and, uh, but there's a lot of violence to men. What can we do? Mm. And I thought, why is it always me? Why do I have to do something about this? And I said, I am doing as much as I can. The foundation is doing as much as it can. We support advocates, whether they are male or female. Mm -hmm. So we, we don't say just female advocates. And we cannot start a program for abused men. Not only we do, don't we have the finances, we don't have the manpower. And it is not my work. Mm. But it can be your work. Would you like to do that? Oh, no, no, I don't want to do <laughs> it. Okay. All right, that's fine. You can say no. But you don't get to make anybody else feel guilty about it. Mm. Mm. And just also this week, somebody called me. I know it's only, what, Wednesday? And I had talked about the, uh, you know, the children. Well, what can we do with, with the educators? And I said nothing. I cannot mm. find the brain space, the heart space, the... I can access pain about it, but I cannot deal with the educators. I cannot tell them what to do and how to do it. Could you imagine me trying to change uh, school HISD's uh, independent school systems now? Oh, yeah, sure, I have another life. Sure, let, let me do that. Oh, wow. we have to go in to say no. Yes. And that doesn't mean we're not good people. It means that when we say no to something, that we get to serve the thing we say yes to mm. deeply in a, in a committed way. Mm. I mean, we, we can just end this right right here. <laughs> Johnny, <that's, laughs> that, that really hit me, you know, just being able to serve deeply. Um, yes, and the, the no... You know, other people have ideas, right? And they have opinions, but everybody has an opinion. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm sure, you know, everybody has an opinion about what you need to do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. But and then if, it, you if you don't take their advice, oh my gosh, they get so upset. Yes. <laughs> and instead of like really reflecting on, okay, well, that sounds like a great idea. What is it that you can lend to the space? Why mm -hmm. does it have to be me to be the answer? You know, like there's, you clearly have a solution um, <laughs> or an idea. <laughs> Why don't you put energy into, you know, developing that more? Uh, and I, I appreciate you um, sharing that and giving like real time, a real time example of knowing your boundaries and um, where your and expertise is. Don't, don't, so I'm going to make something up, but I know that you're going to know it's true. So let's say someone says, Faith, I want you to make the best blackberry apple pies in the world. And you say, okay. And you make up a recipe and it becomes the, you know, the best pie recipe in the world, you know that person is going to come and say they gave you the idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to be upset that you're not telling the New York Times that when they you, interviewed yeah. you for the article that it was their idea. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, I would first tell them that my, uh, my oven isn't working. So... <laughs> There would be no pie. <laughs> there would be no pie. Good. You have other things to do. <laughs> exactly. If it's not stoved up right now, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. But people, they want to give you, and if you if you run with it, then they want they want credit. Yes. Yep. Yep. Oh my goodness. Ay ay ay. So how how do you? Um, continue to shine like what keeps your light shining like whoever recommended that that be <laughs> they they knew because I'm telling you I was just drawn I'm like who is this woman um and everyone else when you see her you'll know <laughs> what I'm talking about like what keeps your light shining uh, I think uh, I think <laughs> the reason I continue to smile and have hope is because I know what's possible if a person decides to change. Mm -hmm. I, I see my children and Faith, they don't have any worries about protecting my emotions. They don't have to... They don't have to worry about walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. You know, mom doesn't like this and mom doesn't like that. And all of their energy is being used to make the world a better place. And I look at them and I think, oh, I did that. Mm -hmm. I gave them that freedom to worry about their own lives and not worry about my life. And I know that if we decide to to bring peace into our homes as freely as we bring the anger and the rage mm. if we decide that peace is is more applicable and that the children that we are going to be raising the young people i don't know how i don't know how i cannot smile mm. there's hope Yes. And um, 
you have vision and that that is just it's very much needed um and it's it's a gift it is a gift to be able to envision greater beyond your current circumstance so um thank you for again being that beacon uh and and also being that voice and advocate faith i don't know who said this it goes something like this to plant a tree under whose shade you will not sit Mm. that's what we're doing Mm -hmm. yes when i reflect on um what people would say is like oh well that was a an opportunity that didn't present itself it's i always say well i sowed intentional seeds into the opportunity that i know that i want and um whether it be for me to experience the fruitfulness of it at that particular moment a couple of years later maybe my children to experience it um it very much gets to to that point as well um that when we're planting these seeds it may be for us to experience in that moment and it could also be for generations and the legacy to come um as well thank you and and are we brave enough to sow the seeds with smiles and love and say, somebody will water you and take care of you and it'll be okay. Yeah. You make me want to get a plant right now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> to plant seeds to actually watch it grow. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> well, it is spring. <laughs> so. That it is. That it is. I'm going to tell you how to do it the easy way. Get a red pepper, uh, stir fry the pepper, and plant the seeds. You know what? I'm going to do that because I have some in the fridge. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And don't don't water it too much. Just keep it moist. Okay. A light layer of soil on the top, and watch them sprout. Okay. All right. I'm going to do it. It's going to be my first project. (laughs) And you better send me a picture. I will. I will. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, Indrani, we, I mean, it's just such a pleasure to, to now, you know, know you, to be connected to you, for you to be a part of our 40 and um, to be in this space of, just advocacy, driving change, and um, that your work is not finished. Like, I, I just love <laughs> that you're so committed. You're, you're so, so committed um, to connecting with me across generations, to um, connecting. I mean, the UN has even called upon you, you know, so... <laughs> Thank you. You're so kind. Yes, it was fun. <laughs> um, we close with a tea affirmation uh, so that our listeners are able to hold on to something special and um, inspirational and words of wisdom. So what would your tea affirmation be? Dear listener, close your eyes. And know that you are enough just the way 
you are. And repeat after me, I am enough. I am enough. Every single day. <laughs> Every single day, I am enough. Thank you so much, Andrani. Thank you so, so much. How do people stay connected to you, to your work? People can visit raftcares.org and uh, send an email there, or they can find me at indranigaradia.com and connect through the website. Um, I'm easy to find on 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 uh, LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram. Yay. Hey, I may I may be old, but I know what's going on. <laughs> you are not old. You are seasoned <laughs> like that pepper. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andrani. Oh my Until God. Connect again. Sip, sis, Selah. Share and continue to serve.